0: So we're going to talk about Loki season two today. We actually never did a Loki season one review on this channel. That was slightly before I started this channel back in July of 2021. The first season of Loki, in my opinion, felt like a lower tier version of an MCU film, like a low budget. That's the word I'm looking for. A low budget MCU film that really just kind of was a lot of buildup and no follow up. I mean, at least that's kind of what phase four and five have felt like to me overall so far. But season two of Loki for me was so much more epic and grand. And of course the actors and actresses are just great, phenomenal. So I'm sure that they elevated it a lot as well. But this show was so good. Not saying it's, you know, my favorite of all time or anything, but it was so well executed that it gave me more respect and appreciation for Loki season one.
1: That is what the best kinds of movies and the best kinds of shows do. They like they make things better retroactively. Right. That's kind of like what No Way Home did for the first two Spider-Man MCU movies. I have rewatched like the season two finale like three times already just because I, I watched it the first time and I was like, hey roommate you need to watch this too and then i got my brother to watch it too and i watched them both i am very very happy with how this season ended i liked the season the entire time like it is on every level i think marvel's best like cinematography editing like the the sound design like the loki score at the end where he's just grabbing all the timelines like the music i was getting goosebumps like it was it was so good i've always liked the dynamic between kang and loki i Haven't really been big on like Kang becoming like the main villain of the MCU. I get real like into the thematics of it all. The way that I see Kang is essentially like a man who made himself into a god through control and order and and like dominion you know like becoming this like despot and loki is literally the antithesis to that in every way he is a god of chaos and and mischief he wants nothing more than to be a a person and and a part of a group he wants nothing more than community whereas kang wants nothing more than to control from from above like they are polar opposites and i put out like a theory video like the week before season two ended And I was, like, spot on with everything. Well, I I was a little wrong, actually. I predicted that Loki would become, like, the main character of the MCU. And that the multiverse saga would essentially end with how Loki season two ended. I I thought that he would become like the God of stories. I thought that he would essentially rule as like the guardian of these timelines, as opposed to like the authoritarian despot of the timelines. And like I said, I loved it. I I enjoyed every second of it. I liked how they spent the uh, proper amount of time really making us understand how much of a sacrifice this is like the episode before, like, you know, he, they, they reemphasize that desire that he wants to save the TVA because they're his friends. Like he, he wants that. It's the first time that he has found a purpose that isn't like selfish. You know, it's the first time that he's found community of people that actually accept them. So he wants that. And he spends centuries in this episode, like literal centuries trying to fix this problem. It's just, it's so poetic, you know, like all his life, he's been pursuing purpose. And he thought that that purpose would be found on on a throne. You know, he thought that once he got a crown, once he amassed power, people would see him and respect him and love him. And it's only when he gives up the people that he loves, it's only when he gives up that connection that he is finally worthy of a throne. He understands the sacrifice and the burden that power really is. It was like Loki essentially learned with great power comes great responsibility. You know, and and he gave himself up. Loki is essentially in hell now. the worst thing for him is isolation, and that is something that he took up upon himself to protect the people that he cares about. It's just it is, I think, the best character arc in all of the MCU. Um, I would agree. It was so well done. I kind of want them to end Kang here. I think that it's also a really beautiful place for Kang to end because up until this point, Kang's whole existence was determined by Loki season one. Like this idea that this like existential crisis, if the multiverse exists, that like Kang has to do this or the he who remains has to do this because like Kang will eventually arrive in this new timeline. I don't see like now that Loki has control over everything and he's he's just the guardian of everything. I don't see why he would allow Kang to exist anymore. Like, I don't see why he would logically do that. And if he did, I don't see why Loki couldn't just kind of put him down. Like, he's the most powerful MCU character we've ever seen at this point. He's essentially God of the MCU. I just can't see a threat that would really be an issue for him.
0: I think it's really interesting and cool to see an arc that ends so tragically in the MCU. Sure, you can make the argument for Wanda, who also had a really tragic backstory, intro, and then middle, and conclusion, and everything else. I don't know that I want to see Kang go away, and I Mm -hmm. never thought I would say that. I'll say this, whenever Jonathan Majors first hit the scene as Kang, I've seen him in other roles where he was really impressive, but I just haven't had my socks knocked off by his acting chops as of yet as Kang. It always felt a little silly and goofy to me, everything that he does in his presentation. But in this finale episode, when he went back and saw, you know, the he who remains variant again, Mm -hmm. I thought Jonathan Majors did a really good job. Me too. I thought that was that wasn't just good. It was like really good. So it was the first time that I kind of got really excited about seeing more of Kang. Because in Ant-Man, sure, it was he he had a f- decent performance in that movie, but still it wasn't, like, good to me. And it also didn't help that he got his butt kicked by Ant-Man and the Wasp. A- mm-hmm. And then what we saw with the first He Who Remains in season one, I just wasn't very impressed. But now, like I said, I'm, I'm very intrigued, and I want to see more. I know a lot of people are leaning Dr. Doom. What do you think, Josh?
2: I really enjoyed it. I love the whole time travel. I love this whole – Back and forth and trying to figure out what to do. And then this inner turmoil dealing with him coming out of being evil and wanting to have friends, wanting to have people that he can connect with. And then he starts to get that. And it almost gives me a picture of his dad that he didn't want as a dad, Odin, mm-hmm. you know, because I remember the one thing about seeing the kings and in your old stories, but you get to see Odin, the first one that charges into war the first one that jumps into battle. And for Loki, his was all about, I'm going to make apparitions of myself to kind of protect myself because he didn't want to be that. And so him getting to that, as you said, throne in the end by giving up himself, honestly showed a little bit of that Odin, you know, the father thing Mm -hmm. about being able to, hey, I've got to give my life. I've got to put myself forward and jump into battle and jump in there to be able to Have people see, you know, that I do care that I am, like you said, he's growing. He's actually Mm -hmm. got people he cares about and then he wants to protect and he wants to do what is good, so...
1: He came out on Jimmy Kimmel, I think it was, and essentially he, he alluded to the fact that he's done with Loki. Like he said, it was a, like, you know, a beautiful 14 years, like to the story type stuff. He could also be full of it, right? Like he could also pop up down the line that would make sense. Like there are rumors I heard that he's going to be like in, in the Deadpool movie, or at least he's going to be some cameo or something. But I think that if they decided to just end the Loki story here, like it's beautiful. Like he went from the villain, so petty, the Avengers had to unite to stop him to the guy who saves everything they good, and, and like you said the the acting performance is really like the, the everything was great but like the acting performance elevated everything like jonathan majors loki it's unfortunate because like i think like the the woman who plays sylvie is just like not on that caliber of acting as they are and i'm glad that they kind of focused on just loki and kang in this instance because i like the season one finale it, it was great but I, I just i i felt like loki was just like so much about Sylvie in, in that scene. And like, he didn't, he really didn't get to engage one-on-one with Jonathan Major. So they didn't really like, they're both very like creative actors. Right. So like they, they both play off of the people that they're in or in in the scene with. So like now that they had that opportunity to like two class A actors really just engaging with each other, like they they brought the best out of each other, which is why like, if Ken comes back, I I, I want Loki to come back too. Like they, they just, they, they work so well together.
0: Yeah. I recently watched the third Creed film Mm -hmm. with jonathan majors in it and he did like because before like i said i was not impressed with anything he had done in the mcu but when i watched that movie i was like wow you know what he has given us here in this film is really impressive Mm -hmm. and if he can somehow scratch that surface in the mcu we might have a cool villain on our hands so yeah i was really happy to see what he did in this finale you know i think initially just like anyone else this This show felt like every other MCU show to me for the first few episodes. I was intrigued and I was, you know, I was seeing that it was starting to build, but I just didn't want it to go in a bad direction like, you know, Secret Invasion or something else. I mean, because I was in the exact same spot with Secret Invasion on episode four. You know, like, okay, this is exciting. This is intriguing. Where are they going to go with it? We got Gaia. So they completely screwed the pooch with Secret Invasion. But with this show, it was definitely a breath of fresh air. Pleasant surprise to see from Marvel and Disney Plus, yeah. And I'll agree. I think that uh, the the actress that plays Sylvie is pretty good. is a pretty good actress. But like you said, she's just not quite on the level of a Jonathan Majors or a Tom Hiddleston. They're both next level actors, in my opinion.
1: Marvel has had since Bob Iger came back. Like Marvel has had some like shakeups, quote unquote. They're very they're typically very quiet over there. But like there has been like some restructuring happening and like considerations as to whether or not they'd continue with jonathan majors as the villain not because of like the legal issues or anything but just because like storyline wise what they said specifically was that See, i think it's all because kinda, of
0: legal issues i don't think i don't buy yeah, that for a second well,
1: but what they said is that like loki kind of wrote them into a corner loki season one it really introduced kang and they didn't have plans for what loki season two was gonna be they built Kang up. They, he did such a good job at the end of Loki season one that they moved forward with him as like this big villain. And then they wrote Loki season two. There were conversations had about Loki season two because this writes them into a corner. So they essentially had to either scrap this ending or just go with the ending and figure it out. And they went with the ending because of how good it was. You know, they, they, they weren't willing to sacrifice it for like the consistency. I'm sure they'll, they'll find a way to, you know, shoehorn Kang in there somewhere. So
0: basically what Loki did, he has all the timelines in his Mm -hmm. hands, right? Mm -hmm. Jonathan majors or Kang is still out there, you know, in every timeline there's variants of Kang. So I don't see how that changes anything. I mean, like, how why would Loki allow that though, right? like if he if he can dictate
1: things, if he has like the the God of stories abilities and he can manipulate the timelines and he can breathe life into them, like like why is Kang and it, it, we see in his new timeline, right? like we they they shoot back to Victor timely, and like they show him as a kid, and he looks back, and we see that the TVA guidebook isn't there, right? So Loki went out of his way to manipulate that aspect so that Victor Timely would never become Victor timely, essentially. I have faith that they'll figure it out. They'll do something. I don't think Kang's gone. But like, if they wanted to end Kang here and essentially say like, you know, Loki stopped Kang, like he's he's the hero of heroes, like, sure, I'm cool with that. But yeah, it gives
0: them them options. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I
1: I will miss Jonathan Major's performance though because he's he's phenomenal.
0: Yeah, the the trials coming up in a few weeks. This mm-hmm. is uh, we're already mid November now. It, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out because I will say this too, and we don't you know usually talk stuff like this on the channel a whole lot, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, As far as the trial, there have been a lot of interesting developments. Yeah. yeah. One, so initially, at the beginning of everything, I think it was a situation where uh, Jonathan Major's attorney was like, oh, we're not even worried about this. This won't even go to trial. Mm -hmm. It went to trial. Then uh, there was uh, something to do with Jonathan's defense asking certain elements not to be made public Mm -hmm. because uh, they could be damning to the career of Jonathan Major's. And they also, you know, shot that down. So uh, there's some concerning things here for Jonathan Majors fans. You know, the trial hasn't started yet.
1: I think that thing, though, is primarily going to be the fact that he was cheating on his girlfriend with Megan Good. Like that. that. That's all it is. That's Uh, apparently from from like, you know, the the arguments that I've heard. um, That's uh, that was really the source of it. And him and Megan Good kind of came out like weeks ago dating. And so people are assuming that it's Megan Good that he was cheating with. But. Yeah, that's, it's messy, it's messy. I, yeah. I, 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 I just hope no one was hurt. You know, I, I feel like that's the yeah. best, you know, regardless of his acting career, if he hurt somebody, bury him, you know what I mean? But like, other than that, like, I, I just hope no one experienced like a negative thing, you know, I hope the worst thing that was, that, that could potentially come of this is that someone lied. I, I think that that would be best for everyone. I mean, even her, you know, like I, and I hope that if that's the case, you know, grow from it, learn from it, move forward. see the x-men universe and we see this new beast and he walks away he says oh she's awake i'm gonna go get charles so like the implication is not only is this the x-men universe but this is the already established for like the last 20 years x-men mansion we're gonna skip the build-up we're gonna skip the origin stories and get straight to the iconic scenes and the suit that she was wearing monica rambeau's mom it was the most comic accurate suit i've ever seen like it was very 90s x-men like with like with the bands around like the thigh and like it was like so 90s x-men i hope that that is essentially telling us that they're going to like they're gonna go real heavy into like you know the 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 comic adaptation aspect of it when it comes to secret wars and this is just like a hope this is just like fan fiction level hope i hope that secret wars is essentially a civil war between the universe monica rambo is in and the mcu I think that like that would be a very, very, very interesting story because what we saw at the end of Miss Marvel was that incursion. And with Loki now and I, like, you know, with Loki now in control of everything, I think that they're going to restructure or we're, we're going to get a new explanation in a, in a movie or a series of the way that this new universe works. Like, up until this point, there were just timelines. It was like there, there was the base universe and then timelines that sprang off of them. So all of these timelines, as we see in Loki, they're like very similar to the main timelines, right? Like it's because it's it's all coming from that one. But when Loki you know, he creates this new timeline. They're not branching off of each other. They're independent, like they're, they're independently existing towards the end of the Loki episode before Mobius retires. He says something like, uh, Oh, they just had like a disturbance with a uh, uh, Kang variant in the six one six. And, you know, it was a pocket dimension. So it was, it was essentially referencing the events of Ant-Man. So, so they establish in the show that everything that's taken place, but, um, starting with phase four, um, moving forward has been in this new Loki universe. In Doctor Strange, when he travels through the multiverse, he isn't going going to like alternate timelines. He's going to completely different realities. Like he goes to one where like people are made of polka dots, and like like he goes to one where like everything's made of like like everything is like two D. It's it's like genuinely honest to god multiverse. That's going to be an, a distinction that's made with like I said with this no new Loki universe. Like the difference between like a separate timeline set in the same universe and a different universe entirely. That's what we saw at the end of Ms. Marvel when they cracked the, the universe open and there was just another universe there. Like, we had never seen that kind of thing happen before. I think that Secret Wars is, is going to be a battle between dimensions. And um, I don't think that they're going to go with, like, the multiversal, multiversal incursion story where, like, everything's crashing into each other. But I think that because of the end of Ms. Marvel, like, now this X-Men universe and the MCU, they're, like, linked And I think that that's going to lead to them kind of crashing into each other. And I think that'd be the coolest con. I think that everyone would go watch that movie. That movie would make like $3 billion, like X-Men versus Avengers.
0: Like that, that, that'd be awesome. And that's definitely a possibility. I mean, I know that this is in my own brain, but in my mind, I just have to, like, I just think, I just feel like I know (laughs) that we're going to see almost every iteration of every character that we've ever seen in a Marvel movie ever. Uh, and I might be wrong about this, but I just got to think that we're going to see Hugh Jackman and Toby. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, that we're that we probably quite likely going to see some, if not all, of the older Fantastic Four actors and actresses returning. Mm-hmm. Might see Jessica Alba in there. I, I feel like all of that is is definitely a possibility, but I just feel like it's almost guaranteed that we will see the return of Robert Downey Jr., the return of Chris Evans, as well as the return, which it will be a return at this point, of Tobey Maguire and Hugh Jackman. I feel like that's going to be kind of like their last oorah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they will be bringing back, like this rumor that's came out from the Variety article that they were discussing bringing back the OG Avengers. Well, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to come back in Secret Wars. I just feel like everyone's coming back in that movie. And once again, I could be wrong, but that is just a firm feeling that I have. I feel like and- it's almost impossible
1: like, on- honestly like the idea of them coming back like i would be against that right or i would have been for years uh like for in, in i don't know if you guys watch like the cw shows uh, arrowverse there was like a uh, crisis on infinite earths and like they announced that they were going to be like all these new like all these characters coming back but when we saw them they were just like cameos like it was just like oh there he is he's there and there he is i didn't like the idea of like people coming back but then no way home came out and like not only did they bring these characters back but they brought them back to play substantial roles in these movies on top of continuing the character arcs that they had in their individual stories. Yes. Like if, if they managed to bring back all of these characters and in like and, and do the characters justice and and don't treat them like commodities who just kind of exist like to to like sell tickets like treat them like characters and give them stories, that would just be phenomenal. And I think that if they do go in that direction, I have faith that they'll get that done. Kevin Feige, he stretched then. I think that the drop in quality has a lot to do with that because up until Endgame, he would have the last say at in every single project. He would watch every single cut every time. Like He was behind everything like with, with a, a lot of attention, but you know, because of the Disney Plus show explosion and a bunch of the content that they're pushing out, he just can't dedicate his time to everything. I think he'd dedicate all of his time to that movie, and I think that he'd do a great
2: job.
0: Yeah, he would have to. He better. Mm-hmm. Josh, do you have automatic lights or something or what?
2: No, no. I was just I wanted to be more like Exos background. I just True. need a new light. So, No, a light bulb just blew. Oh, <laughs> nice. I was like, "Oh, great. Perfect timing."
0: It's just so crazy to me that you could offer this as a possibility to a Marvel fan, "Hey, would you like to see a movie where Toby comes back one more time? Hugh Jackman, all the characters that you grew up knowing and loving?" Being on the screen at the same time, and like you said, Isak, not just for a cameo that doesn't mean anything, but literally like building on the stories that where we left off with these mm-hmm. characters, giving you something meaningful with these world-famous interpretations of these characters, how can anyone say no to that? That mm-hmm. just befuddles me. It, it truly does. Yep. What do you think, Josh?
2: Well, I've already expressed, I think, my interest just from – doing Secret Wars, like from, that's kind of where I started when I was a kid, you know, in Secret Wars. And so, yeah, bringing back, I I thought it was so exciting getting to see all those characters come together. What a puzzled together Earth, you know, not Earth, but a puzzled together planet for them to all fight. And you got to Mm -hmm. see all these different characters from all these different, you know, X-Men. And you got to see Captain America and, You know, Hulk, all these different characters. And then some of these other guys, you know, like the Wrecking Crew, these guys that you would think Mm -hmm. a little bit more back, that would be kind of cool to see. Just some of those older characters that I wouldn't expect to quite Mm -hmm. see. But yeah, so I would love to see that. Just like I said, because that's one of the first ones I grew up on and where I honestly started a little, you know, was in the secret war, the old secret war. So yeah, I would be excited to see that. I'd be one of those that would be like, Yes, count me in. I'm going to watch. In
0: a path that they started us on years ago, Mm -hmm. maybe two, three years ago now at this point, as soon as phase four started, it was the path they started us on. We need to finish this path. I don't think that, you know, I would say that the majority of the films, maybe not the majority of the Disney Plus shows, but the majority of the films have been good still. You know, we've had a few stinkers. And when I say stinkers, I mean fives or sixes, not twos or threes. Yeah,
1: oh, I mean, it is- I, I, I kind of hated Ant-Man. I I hated that movie. Honestly, I, I like there was something about that movie that just like broke me and broke my soul. It's just like something in my brain with that movie, because like I hate that movie more than I've ever hated any movie. I just can't get through it for some reason. I don't understand why.
0: With, with that movie, when I first watched it, I was like, OK, it's fine. It's a seven. But when I tried to go back and watch it like you're talking about. I couldn't make it through it. That's the first. Well, not the first, the second. The Eternals was the second MCU movie that I could not rewatch without being like disappointed and just ready to get off the couch and go somewhere else except for watching that movie. So, yeah, I think that those are definitely the two weakest MCU films right now at this point.
2: Yeah, I would would be that with it internals. I don't think I have ever really wanted to watch, even though I I do end up liking, I'm like, Oh, I like this movie for this reason, but I haven't watched. And I'm like, okay,
0: here's the thing. Okay. I'll, I'll be big big enough and a man enough to admit that when that film first came out on this channel, I gave it a rating of eight. Hmm. And I think that it was because I had such low expectations going into the film And then when I got the movie, it wasn't as bad as I thought. But then, like I said, when I rewatched it, that's when I realized like, oh, boy, this is this is definitely not an eight. And I need to reevaluate where I rank it. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Eternals was rough. I
2: was going to say Ant-Man, though, I was probably a little different. I think probably I've got this like little childlike bright colors. So I think that kind of drew my attention as far as just all the weird and bright things. I have a question
1: though. We we were talking about secret wars. Uh, I want an entirely new X-Men cast except for James McAvoy and like Michael Fassbender. Be just because I like those two characters and those two actors and the way that they portrayed them. I want something entirely new and and because they're young. And it's because if if we're going to do X-Men, I want the same X-Men team for like 10-15 years, right? Like I I yeah. I love Hugh Jackman. I love like the the old cast, but like they're just they're not going to stick around for long. Either introduce completely new X-Men or, and I, I'm thinking that they might after um, the multi the multiversal saga, if they're going to like do like a soft reboot of the MCU or like if they're going to like after Secret Wars, like they're, they're going to like take like some bits and pieces from like the incursions or I'm sorry, the incursion storyline, Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars in 2015, um, and maybe just combine the two universes into one and then like do a soft reboot and introduce like a new X-Men at that point then I would be okay with them using like the older X-Men for now. Like if if we get to that point and it's weird because like for, for a Secret Wars movie, if it were to be like these this this situation of like X-Men versus Avengers or, or superheroes fighting superheroes, I would want to see this, the, the actors playing the superheroes that I already care about. Like I don't want to waste any time building up these characters when I kind of just want to watch Hugh Jackman fight Tom Holland I just, I kind of just want to watch that Spider-Man fight this Wolverine and Tobey Maguire kind of come through. Like if they do like that kind of movie and then just reboot everything after and kind of make that movie like a celebration of everything that Marvel's done up until this point, that would be great. But like, if they're not going to reboot after the fact, I, I, I just want them to, I want them to introduce completely new X-Men, keep them relatively young, you know?
0: I'm, I'm partially against the McAvoy and the uh, fastbender idea. But like you said, as long as they reboot everything, and if they bring mm-hmm. those guys in just for a bit, then yeah, I'm all all on board for that. Mm-hmm. The same reason I'm all on board for Hugh Jackman because some people are like, no, I don't want to see the Fox X Men ever again. But a lot of those characters are beloved. Even uh, James Marsden, a lot of people mm-hmm. like him as Cyclops. You know, just mm-hmm. because that was their Cyclops growing up. I personally don't, but you know, it's it's, them
1: it's this nostalgia. Life. They disrespected him. It, it, like they the, the way that they portray Cyclops in the movies. Like people do not understand that Cyclops is like Batman with lasers. Like he is he is a, a very cool character. And then we're talking about just OG Cyclops, not even like political radicalist Cyclops of like the modern day who got like a lot more interesting. But they just made him Jean Grey's boyfriend. Yep. That's it. That, that was his whole character, just Jean Grey's boyfriend, and that that sucked.
0: We're gonna yeah. get proper versions of these characters. And I love Wolverine. But you gotta make Cyclops, like you said, the leader yep. and stand out, and you know, then bring in the wild card Wolverine. Maybe even wait till part two. You know, yeah. that might drive fans crazy. But yeah, like like an it, end credit scene, yeah, like yeah, yeah, the end credit scene introduce the Wolverine Gambit. Yeah, Gambit. Bring in Gambit too. We still haven't gotten that really like done properly yet. But yeah, so if you guys had to rate Loki season two, <laughs> oh yeah, I rate it? <laughs>
1: I give it a ten, honestly.
2: A 10. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. I think it's the best Marvel show and it's the best MCU anything since Endgame.
2: I would definitely have to go high like nine or ten as well. Just I mean, I love the cinematography. I love the it may be silly, but the colors, the mm-hmm. just the retro. I loved all that. I can yeah. I sat there every single time, not just because they might show something, but I would just watch through just the scenes and the pictures they'd show just because it was so you know well done. Mm-hmm. And then, and like the I said, set design. I yeah. set design, all that, but the time travel as always, I love that always intrigued me. And the story was very good.
0: I think if I w- were to separate the two and just rate season two, it would probably be like an 8.5 somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark because uh, before season one, I think I had it like at a six or somewhere in there. But when I combine the two, you know, season one and two, it's somewhere around a seven to a 7.5 for me overall. But it sounds like you guys liked everything yeah. a whole lot more than me. For yeah. for me to give it a 10, it would have had to have had a lot more choreographed action sequences, yeah. maybe a few more cameos. But I'm just a sucker for some stuff that most people don't care about. As far as story-wise, yes, really well executed. Uh, I, I would say that there were some flaws, but overall it was pretty well executed.
1: I feel like Marvel, like when it, when it comes to the blandness that Marvel has more or less been for the last couple of years is because they've they kind of found a formula that works but then they try to apply that formula to like every single character. And I think that the reason that this show stands out is because it's the first time that they took it from a character first approach like they they figured out a formula that makes sense for Loki and they went with that as opposed to like the Moon Knight slash Falcon Winter Soldier slash Miss Marvel slash WandaVision formula that they've been doing for the last couple years and that's what they should do like I want each project to be like its own individual comic book like this is a, this is a story with a separate tone separate like speech patterns right because like throughout all of those shows since I, I don't know if I blame Joss Whedon or guardians of the galaxy oh, at a bro. certain point every single character started speaking with like the same like sardonic like wit like little cynical like sarcasm and like they they'd be all witty and they, they'd make the same exact kind of jokes like not in this show each character is individual they, they do their own things i'm looking forward to them banking off of the success and the critical acc- uh, acclaim of loki using it as an example
0: the Marvels will definitely not be uh, one of those that banks off of success of anything. That's
1: so unfortunate. That's so unfortunate because, like, there it's such a step up in my opinion from the first movie. It's that yeah, that it's lies, not a bad movie. It's not going to make money. I hope that it doesn't affect the chances of like the Young Avengers down the line.
0: It could very well do that though.
1: The Eternal set up a storyline where Celestials like just punching through the Earth's crust, and then they just left it there, and that was supposed to be a big deal. But because the movie didn't sell well. They just threw that old storyline away. No one really cares. No one talks about it. So I'm kind of worried. Like certain aspect, there, because there are things in this story that I kind of hoped would transfer over to like the the next couple stories, or like you know they they would build off of it. But Marvel has kind of a track record of throwing things away when they don't work. So
2: they're trying to get younger crowds, I feel too, and then with the female aspect, trying to get females with the all female cast. And then I went to the theater and also T Swift, you know, had her concert on the theater. So that I don't know if that affects it, but it makes me wonder if it does, just because yeah, the dynamics they're trying to reach a demographic.
0: I've said this before, and and I still am a firm believer in it. If you're really honest with yourselves, and uh, if Marvel and Disney are honest with themselves, they know that 65 to 70 percent of their core fan base is males. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what it is, right? Most females, I wouldn't say most, I would say, yeah, actually I would say, I would say most females do not care anything about Superman or the Fantastic Four, any of this stuff, right? I think that I get it. I understand that they are trying to get more of a female fan base, but sometimes when you stray away too much from your core audience and you try to lean heavily into certain elements like that, it backfires, and I think that that very well could have been what this was as well. Maybe, maybe not. There are certain female characters that work really well in mm-hmm. the MCU and in the heck, even in the Marvel Fox X Men, you know, the Gene uh, Gray, Storm, I think, and Mystique even were popular in that universe. If they're done properly and you're putting care and attention to those characters, but whenever you're just trying to give us like a all female avengers moment like we got an in game that doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. you guys get what i'm trying to say right yeah, no, yeah
1: i think it's always been about the story i never really bought into like the people don't like this show because it's like a female lead or like you know i i, I just never really bought into it because i like i've been watching mcu since 08 like since i was a wee lad okay so i sat through the lows of iron fist and the highs of jessica jones everyone universally hated iron fist like led by a white man you know like directed by White People written by other white men and Jessica Jones it had a very diverse cast of female lead like a very diverse like uh, production behind it and it was leagues better and and everyone loved it more and it was more critically acclaimed because it was a well done story and
2: David Tennant too
1: I get, yeah. you know and the best <laughs> villain and, and like and I, I I might have him above Wilson Fisk when it comes to the Netflix villains because he's so good.
0: I don't know if I would go that far and say that he's better than Wilson yeah. Fisk, but he was really good. You're right. He was. No,
1: season three, Wilson Fisk probably puts him above, but like he was he was an echo. I'm excited for what they do with him there.
0: And that looks good because he's back to being the good old Wilson Fisk that we all know and love. Yep. He's not wearing a Hawaiian shirt and he's not getting his. Beat by a 16 year old girl. I'm sorry, 19 year old girl that just learned how to be a superhero last week. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate your time today. Check out Esau. He's on TikTok. He's on Instagram. He's also on YouTube. He's got quite the following and he has a lot of intriguing, cool content. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, have a good one.